Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Again, sitting with me in the booth today, in the studio, it's a small booth, uh, is a, 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 a celebrity, a podcaster, a radio host. Most importantly, he's a doctor. Your doctor, your celebrity doctor, a real doctor, Dr. Drew. Today I'm your doctor. Today you're my doctor, and you were on the radio this morning with Kevin and Bean. Obviously, this is going to come out weeks later. Yes. Talking about Brody Stevens. Yes. It is the only time in my life I've stayed in my car when I had to be somewhere else. Thank you. Because I knew the person who passed away. I knew you. I know Kevin and Bean. Um, and I remember thinking you were talking with such – it was such – so fast and so much medical information. Right. Because at the end it's, of the day – It's you're, radio, first of all. It's radio and you're a real doctor. Yes. You're not like a chiropractor. No, no. Sorry. That I've called been, in to give it two cents. No, no. I, I've been practicing medicine longer than I like to think about. Well, what uh, I found fascinating was you were talking about psychologists and psychiatrists and you were saying how you spent 30 years in a psychiatric hospital. Not, not as a patient. Not committed. Not as a patient. Right. But yeah, uh, so, so let me tell this part of my story. So, yeah. so I'm an internist. I was heading off to cardiology and was asked to moonlight at a psychiatric hospital. I was interested in that stuff. I thought, oh, it'd be great. I'll get to you know, learn a little more psychiatry. And uh, I was blown away. I was blown away. I became kind of an expert in the medical management of psychiatric patients. But I very quickly realized that I thought I understand understood mm-hmm. psychiatry. I didn't know shit. Sure. And, and so I spent about six months like really boning up and really getting more into it. And then spent the next 30 years expanding that knowledge and sort of gaining some expertise. And what I said was that the majority of psychotropic medications these days are prescribed by primary care doctors like myself, internists, family practitioners, and I can tell you after about six months in the psychiatric hospital working there, I realized I didn't know anything. Right. And then 30 years later, I knew something, but I still knew if I should not be prescribing psychotropics without a psychiatric consult, that they have the training. We don't. Which and is so huge. Them, and most of them really don't. Mm. Most of my peers. Trust me, because I was that guy who thought I did. Right? I had a special interest yeah. in it, and I didn't know shit. Just, uh, and I mean, and that's... 
one field of medicine. So you can imagine in every field there's going to be the people that think they know and can prescribe and do. Well, it's it's this part, you know, what you're going to doctors for is their judgment. You're, the, the fund of knowledge sort of goes without saying. Mm-hmm. But to have had extensive experience dealing in a clinical setting, mm-hmm. you know, with a thousand people with whatever your condition is, so you right. develop an expansive experiential Big sample kind of size. Judge. It's, an, it's a judgment. It's, yeah. it's different than studying something under a microscope or in a book. You're experiencing the clinical process over and over and over again so you can make the right call for you Mm-hmm. In that moment, just based on judgment, not fund of knowledge. And I think n- knowing what you don't know is the most intelligent thing of all. It, it, it is, and unfortunately, not many. I, I'm sure I make the mistake of thinking I know more than I do. I'm I do sure all the time, yeah. but I also believe that I actually do know it all. So, well, you're close. I'm I'm up there. Yeah. Nicoler three seven seven asks, "Do you think there's a rise in anxiety slash depression in our society, or are we just more aware of it now?" Yes, it seems, and yes. It seems everyone I know suffers from anxiety, including myself. Yeah, uh, I think we. You're, you're, how far along do you want me to talk about this? Because it's a big topic. Uh, uh, we, we can scratch the surface. Okay, I, I had panic and anxiety in college. Uh, I was mistreated horribly. It led to a depression because I was so, the treatment I got was so horrible. Then it led to me being interested in this stuff and also interested in adolescents and adults who used to have no nobody representing them. So it, anyway, that was it was an important thing for me. But yes, there's more anxiety. I, I would argue that uh, some of it is the narcissistic turn. We've all become a little more narcissistic and narcissist. I talk about this all the time. And narcissists are not – my book on celebrity narcissism Plug is – Plug it. Well, it's it's called uh, the mirror effect, and it's turned out to be a lot of it turned out to be true. I, I, I mean, more even lately now, more than I realized at the time. But it, we sort of predicted how this was going to go. We didn't know about social media and all that stuff. But so the narcissist turn is part of it. As part of that, we've had some sort of disconnected relationships with our family and our community. That disconnects mm. us from our own feelings, so it results in something called alexithymia. There's a lot of alex. I had alexithymia. And it makes you just anxious because you don't really know your feelings. You can't really rely you on your like body. You have no soundboard other than this mass of the internet, which... Well, then that adds to the anxiety is the strength. Sure. Then now you're at, now it's on at that point. I feel, as a, as a medical professional, yes, yes. I feel, especially living in Hollywood, at least where I grew up, it wasn't, mental health wasn't really a discussion. There were people looking back that needed it. But a lot of people, I, I believe that without taking anything away from depression or anxiety, I believe it is overdiagnosed. And so overdiagnosed every- and overdiscussed and overamplified. And also. that makes you anxious. Well, yeah, that's right. But and here's the really big problem. This is what I was talking about this morning, is that we have lost track in this country of ordinary misery. Mm. Ordinary misery. Life kind of sucks a lot of the time. It doesn't mean you have anxiety. It means there's problems and that's normal. And you right. develop grit and flexibility and, and character. responsiveness and character and response to that as yeah. opposed to what our culture tends to do. It's like, well, I need a pill for this. I need a pill for that. Which is the worst thing. It was something when I came to Los Angeles and this is, has to do with as time goes by and this has to do with getting older and the industry. Everybody was on something and there are people that have serious issues so of course not taking away from that. But right. I'm like, run a lap. Go for a jog. Have some water. Like, you're, you might be fine. Okay, which is precisely back to my original point. If you actually saw an expert, a psychiatrist, right. could tell you, hey, get your shit together, or we're going to try three months of this, then we're going to get the hell off it, yeah. or, and we're going to get the right medicine for you, or we're going to tend to do a psychologist because you don't need medicine, whatever it might the be. Medicine. You can get a proper assessment and a proper yeah. refer- proper treatment plan. But no, 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 we'll have not. When, when Sigmund Freud first got set foot on this country, the, the press said, Dr. Freud, what would you like to establish here in this country? He said, I'm trying to establish the difference between true pathology and ordinary misery. Wow, ordinary misery. 
Yeah. You don't always need a pill. You don't. The CBD thing bothers me. It drives me up it's a the wall. It's new Bitcoin. My, I have family that they grow marijuana for a living. I've never been a weed smoker. But it's every CBD ice cream. I'm like, it's the middle. You're enjoying ice cream. Yes, I know. It's weird. Could it be more relaxed? I, and people feel like I, whatever my th- my that's a word I've cultivated. Whatever, enjoy everybody. Uh, we will one day know the pros and cons of that product. We, we don't know yet. We don't. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I was reading this morning. There was a lot of interaction with other medications, so people have to be careful with that. And also, you know, there's the hype around that. All of a sudden, it's everywhere, like poke bowls. I don't want that. It can't be good if it's ubiquitous on my tombstone. (laughs) This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E 
com slash Eliza. Tara, and now I can't read, Tara Rose Puncherelli, you really want to be found, says, when you're feeling depressed and have a lot of anxiety, speaking of, how do you pull yourself out of that slump? One, how does Bill pull oneself out? I think they want to know what Dr. Drew does. What, what I do, I did years and years of therapy myself. Yeah. And a I, lot of people have this question. Like, what do you do? Yeah, and it's usually like, what do you do for more self-esteem? Pull yourself out. Okay, I think here, it's here, so personal. Okay, here, here, here are some some basic things you can always do. Mm-hmm. Long walks, exercise, eat right, sleep right. But here's the piece that people miss, and this is back to my thing about disconnected relationships. Spend time with another human being, mm. a human being who actually cares about you a little bit and not somebody you're super comfortable with necessarily because I don't want them to co-sign your, all your stuff the way they always have. Ooh. Just somebody who you can listen. I call it looking at you with a new pair of glasses. Sit with a new pair of glasses and just let them reflect back to you what you're telling them or what you're experiencing yeah. and develop that closeness, that willingness to be close to other people. And then also go be of service. Help other Take people. it off yourself. My mom always says that. She's like, why don't you, you know, get out of your Hollywood self-servingness? And I'm like, I do things. <laughs> and go, like, read to kids or help dog, out. anyway? That's where you... I have no idea where the dog went. He went outside, I think. She she went for a drive. I miss her. I, I miss her. She's in there. Oh. I miss her all the time, even when I'm holding her and my mouth is on her mouth. <laughs> but I do think... <laughs> I don't mean to sound like a jock, <laughs> but it's like working out the endorphins and the adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That really, you can feel it. Your body yeah. buzzes. Yes. Even if it's just for a walk. And I think it's so popular now to be like, I hate people. I only love animals. You need people. You need people. You need Especially people. for connecting to feelings and regulating feelings and all this kind of stuff. This is, you, you know, my patients have emotional dysregulation. They can't regulate their feelings. The feelings are too prolonged, too intense, We're too negative. The Here she is. Here for she the doctor. Is. Yes. Hi. I know you smell my dog. Okay. He's enchanted Hold by on. her beauty. I'm, I'm, yeah, get in there. Therapy dog. Oh, yeah, she's the best. She's the best. Unlicensed okay. therapy dog. I've, I, I That's the best kind. felt this. I think she peed on me a little bit. No. I think so. That's how you I don't think it excited. was pee, doctor. Yeah, I think she did. Uh, my birthday was last week. Happy birthday. Thank you. This will be out weeks later, so it doesn't really matter. But I went out with only four other girls, and I my life is so erratic, and I'm married, and so, you know, a lot of time goes through your spouse or travel or work. Yeah. I was out with these girls who, are they my best friends for life? No. One of them is a close friend. And I remember just sort of reveling in, oh, wow, this is so nice to finally be out with other women. Yes, spend time. And same sex is a good idea. Yeah, Yeah. just to validate even the littlest, dumbest things in the moment. It felt so safe, and I felt so validated, and just it was warm and nurturing. That's it, man. And I don't get it all the time because I'm just, even though I'm surrounded by fans, I was like, this feels safe. It's very different. Yeah. And and it begs the issue how the human develops emotional regulation normally. Mm -hmm. And we do it, it turns, we do, because we obviously come into life awash in emotions, right? We're babies, we cry, we have no control over our emotions, none. And we're just awash in them all the time. And what we build is a a landscape that we regulate. And we do that through interacting with mom first. Mm. And And that interaction, that attunement of mom, is what gives us the capacity to identify our own feeling states and to regulate them. Oh, that's why people that's a, blame their moms. So it's a very much. shorthand version of what actually happens. But uh, but you have you can reach up into that mechanism your entire lifespan and do it with other people. You have to, and just I was talking to somebody today about Stoic philosophy. Oh, let's do it. We were having Ryan Holiday is a good friend of mine. Oh, I don't know him. Oh, I just know what? my friend Daniel. <laughs> you got to read. You got to read uh, the enemy. Ego is the enemy, and the obstacle is the way. I'm sure. Okay, oh, you will love these books. I'll get them for you. Well, okay. Oh, I love it when people give me books. Okay. No, don't do it. Why not? I hate when people give me oh, bucks. Okay, forget it. Uh, 
But just the idea, my friend was talking about emergency preparedness and he's a, an ER doctor and he was like, the calmness that comes once you've accepted that you're going to die and what you're willing to do mm-hmm. in those moments before. And then that kind of evolved into a conversation about, you know, like how would you want to spend those moments? And then I was like, that kind of is the idea that isn't it to leave someone better than you found them. Oh, yeah. And that should be our goal as humans when we interact oh. is that I'm leaving you better than I found you. Wow. And that feels so good. I love that. You know, it's yeah. hard to do because some people are just awful. You're like, I hope you die. No, you're no. Listen, you're really making me think here because that's a, that's. I love that construct. I'd not really thought of it that way, but there's a lot packed into that, right? Yeah, and I mean, you, it's it's being it's being the only way you can leave somebody better is if you see them for who they really are, and being mm-hmm. seen and appreciating that being is part seen. of this whole thing, right? Yeah, I think that's yeah. the hardest thing about just being a human, but LA in general. We all just want to be seen and be validated. And I would argue that the the highest order of that it's seen, validated, and feeling felt. If that makes a sense, like, sure. Like I can, I feel I your feel feelings. You. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Empathy, mm-hmm. and I feel you. Mm-hmm. And, and we, there's not much of that around. There's anymore. not much of it. And a lot of people don't know how to do it. They just right. don't know how to do it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm pleased that you understand it and you can talk about it because most people cannot. Even all. If if all you can do is try to extrapolate one thing from what they said to be like, I, I remember that feeling because X, Y, and Z. Mm. It's really all we want to do is make sure that we're not crazy. Like, I feel this way. Did you feel that? Yeah, I did feel that. Okay, uh, good. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say, and go ahead and excoriate me if you'd like, that's more of a chick thing. <laughs> oh, fair. Thing because fair. men don't do those inventory stuff. That no, women, they just kill people. <laughs> women do these crazy, not, not crazy, they, they lay on themselves mm-hmm. these inventories, and it breaks my heart sometimes because they lay it on themselves. You know, am I crazy? Am I this? Am I that? Did I do this? Blah, 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 blah. I wish they wouldn't. Well, I wish you'd just feel good. I wrote a whole book on this topic, Doctor. Yes. Well, it looks like your, your male-female stuff is, is spot on. Thank so, you. You yeah. hear that? You yeah, hear that? Yeah, yeah she nails Mom. it. She nails it. Two Netflix specials dedicated. I uh, four. Well, no, the two that really— there were Better, two, That's yeah, fair. Yeah. Uh, Dax is— a name. At Dax is a name. Dr. Drew, I love listening to you as a kid on Loveline and K-Rock. We all did. You've been a celebrity medical professional for so long. What? Co- this is a long question. Mm. This is going to be a long answer. Uh-oh. What common mistakes do you think most people make with their social slash personal lives? The most common thing that we have been through for the last 30 years is some version of reenacting the traumas of the past. Oh. We, we get into what used to be called the repetition compulsion. And what I experience it as, we have unfinished business, we have hurt, we have dysregulation, whatever, things that injured us as children. For whatever reason, we're wired up in such a way that that then becomes a template for attraction later on. So we're attracted to the same kind of people, to the same kind of places that were so traumatic that for us, us in the first place. It's so it's weird. It's like a cycle we, of abuse. That's why people get in the cycle of abuse. Right. That's why they have bad pickers. That's why they go, why, wow. why can't I ever find a nice guy? He look, looks so different this time and turned yeah. out to be the same guy. That's wow. because your body, which is what creates the attraction, was a perfect instrument for repetition. Even wow. though the guy on the outside looks different, your body knew it was the same dude. Oh, so much work to be like, well, what is it that attracts me to them and how do I fix that? So much self-reflection. And, and it's, that new pair of glasses would go a long way towards it. And if you really are broke, P.M. Melody mm-hmm. wrote a great book about this stuff. You can read about that. And if you're really still stuck, then therapy works. How about that? Yeah. That is a uh, – I just watched all the, the Ted Bundy documentary. Oh, I know. I went through that too. Well, Pretty intense. It, what was scary is I found myself identifying with him at times. In what sense? <laughs> um, 
he wanted to be more than he was and he wanted people to see him. Like, I did not, I always, you know, you always want to be, he wanted to be this great law student and he, so he postured as one and he was smart enough to get people to believe that he was smart, but at the end of the day, he didn't know as much as a regular person who would pass the bar. Right. So that part, not the hurting people part. But the be- being seen as worth, as, as stat- stature. Like, sure. Like, yeah. You know, and well, that's normal, right? A couple big words will do it. Do no, the trick. but that's normal to be want to be okay, good. respected. Thank you. Seen. See, now I feel seen. Yeah. I, feel, I feel felt. <laughs> respected. I feel respected. Appreciated. Thunder lips. Wait, I, let me okay. ask you something. Yeah. If that's if that's a thing for you, wanting to be respected or, or esteemed, right? Esteemed would that be a close way? Yeah. It, why? Where is that? Because you were such a smart person. You were so esteemed by everybody. What happened? I was? Am I you not? Are. No, now? you are. Well, you were. <laughs> what happened to me? <laughs> you're in a panic now. <laughs> I, I was. I want to be. You're, like, you're no, dead. You, you have always been in my eyes. Yeah. Where did the Where did the deficiency feeling come from? Because it's just a feeling, man. I don't think it's a deficiency as much as an aspiration mm. uh, because I went to a very academically challenging high school. I remember you told me this, yeah. So all my friends... They were all smart. They, they, they And continue to be, and uh, do I make more money than all of them? Yes. But, no, they and there was no animosity. Like, they just were. No, I... Because I, I, I was in a similar academic environment, and, and people that weren't don't know what real smarts are. See, you mm. know, you and I have been exposed to, like, real smarts. Sure. And when you've been around that, you're like, you feel diminished all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't even know. I just... I always wanted to, like... I didn't hold anything against them, but I knew where that bar could be. Yep. So I was always I'm reaching for it. I get it. And so when people do think I've done something, I'm like, that's because you're measuring up to your own bullshit standards. I and I could do better. I get it. But then sometimes I know, like, I don't have the mental capacity for certain types of thinking. And I wish I did. I wish I was yeah. the person that's like, I've read that book. I haven't read that book. Me too. I read some book. Okay, good. Yeah. 100%. I, and I always wanted to be the person when they say, is there a doctor? I could be like, I'm a doctor. Well, that I can do. That, that's <laughs> the part where if they're, I'm on an airplane and they say, is a doctor on the plane? Right. I have to get out. But wouldn't you say that if there wasn't a doctor, I might be the second best bet? You could come help me for sure. But if you I weren't there. I could use your help. I if need you, you to endorse there, me. I, I need I, to anoint you. <laughs> I, I, you will represent me Great. on the plane. And okay. when I get sued, you'll Can you do basic life support? Yeah. Okay. Good. I learned it for All a right. movie. All right, good. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a long question All because right. I think it's interesting. I want to listen to Loveline. People would call up. They'd be like, is this herpes? You're like, yep, next caller. And yeah. then sometimes they'd have complicated ones. And I was always so fascinated at how quickly you diagnose it. So I'll read fast. Mm. Yogalicious underscore definition. Get rid of that handle. Dr. Drew, I've recently gone through a breakup. I left the relationship of six months because my ex and I never seemed to fall in love, quote unquote. Ooh-ooh. We were excited about each other and had tons of chemistry at first. But mm-hmm. a few months into it, Emily, you couldn't have edited this. He seemed withdrawn and would play hours of video games. This was okay, the question. Okay, so something's up with him. He's 32 and mm-hmm. works full-time. It wasn't so much that he played the games as much as I was bothered by his behavior while he was playing. He would scream at the TV through yep. his headset and say horrible things to people, probably yeah. children. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like he became a completely different person while in game mode. Mm-hmm. He said it was his way of coping with stress, but I don't think it's a healthy way. I felt like he could never be fully present with me. He'd always have to have the TV on, playing a game on his phone, or gaming on the console. With him always distracted by technology, it becomes harder and harder harder to bond with him. Even after sex, he would immediately get on his phone to check sports stats. Oh, jeez. Last part. I woke up one morning to him screaming into the TV, and I snapped. I thought, I can't take this shit a second longer, and I told him I was leaving. My question is, was I right for leaving the relationship? If anyone would say otherwise. Or is it linked to a deeper issue? 
No. Yeah, I, no. I, I why did why did you start dating that guy in the first place? That's the deeper issue. Ooh. That that's always my concern. It's like if the guy's a, a, a schmuck, why why are you there? Why'd you get there in the first place? And why'd you stay for six months? The guy sounds horrible. Yeah, I should have read. I you know I started reading the question. I was like, this will be a good one because I saw a video game. Yeah, well, it, but it does beg an interesting issue. And I'm not I'm not saying he's horrible because he did video games. I'm saying he's horrible because he's so disconnected mm. that he was aggressive and that he was shut down. And his way of dealing with emotions is to escape. He might as well have been doing a drug. Yeah. Right. And I, none of that sounds good to me. And it's just and it, mm. as you as she sort of chronicled, it got worse the more comfortable he got. This is not a good relationship. Also, it was it's not six available. Months. Not available. Yeah, only six months. Yeah. Right. Don't even waste your breath. Yes, exactly. This but guy. he wasn't available for anything. You know what I mean? You got to, you got to, people have to be available for relationships. You know what I mean? Emotionally. Oh. And if you're not available, if you're aware of the unavailability, uh, mm-hmm. just to give you a place to set your bar, not that I have the perfect marriage, my husband, because I think men to an extent do a lot of uh, like sort of fabricated listening. Like you can't listen to everything. I'm, I will talk about everything. But, you know, you act like you're listening a little bit, like you're doing right now. Like you're nodding and you're smiling, but maybe you're thinking of something else. Uh, and I will, qu- like, in the middle of me talking, I'll be like, hello, do you know? Do you know what I mean? And he'll be like, yeah, yeah totally. So there is, the, but he's present for it. I don't even yeah. care if he's absorbing it. I just need him to speak back to well, me. Well, uh, I met him. Remember, I met him at the at the, at fish, the fish, restaurant. fish restaurant. I hate that place. He he seems great. He <laughs> seems he seems wonderful, and I was uh, happy for you having met him. He seems like a great guy. But and no, no, <laughs> I would argue that some men are entertained by women that that are talky. I'm I'm one of those guys. Yeah, my wife will just go, and I'm like, I'm so happy you're talking because I. Just, oh. I, I'm much better listener than I am talker, and you're a much better talker than I am listener. You hear I'm, that, girls? Yeah. There are men that like that version of a girl. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, that's so and great. I, and I could tell your husband was sort of that way. I mean, he just enjoys, he's entertained by you. He yeah. loves you, he loves to listen, and and he may zone. Yeah, I mean, we're not perfect. We zone out, we just do. I mean, you guys are, you can really go. I'm and, so uh, into talking that I don't know if he's zoned out. And, and, and here's a little known fact. Women get a reward activation, like mm. a high from talking. And yes. and when they're adolescent, it's really intense. Like, oh, I have to talk. And boys go the other way in wow. adolescence. They go shut down. They become stinky lumps of flesh that just can't really talk much at all. Mm-hmm. And women go reward, like they get high from talking. And that's forever. I, Some of that. I actively work on trying to be a better listener because I, everybody likes, not everybody, to hear themselves talk. And I really try, I... It's a little psychotic. People will say, you know, like, how was your day? And I have to like, pinch myself to be like, now ask them how their day was. Because <laughs> in my head, I'm like, they're interested, so interested in my answer. We are. Well, I'm not interested pe- in how their day keep was. Keep people around you that are interested in you. It's yeah. good. It's all right. I You're an to... interesting person. That's the good news. And so, that is good. Yeah. So I have to reciprocate, you, though. You, well, if you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, a, it's like the, if people that want to be around you and are entertained by you and like you and the hell's wrong with They're that? They're going to want to answer. This is another I mean, question. Once about, in a while, you know, I'll give them a little something back, but you have to every time. This is another question about video games, but I don't want to ask it because I feel like all the, if it's an addiction to a video game, I feel like you kind of covered it. Don't you think if somebody's really addicted to video games, it's similar to the answer you just gave? Well, I, I didn't fill, flush out my answer entirely. And okay. So let me put a little more on it, which is, while video game addiction is thought of as a real thing, in almost every case I've ever seen, where indeed they're out of control with it. I mean, to use the addiction sort of model is okay with me, but every single one I've ever seen has an underlying psychiatric problem. Interesting. And, and unlike every other form of addiction I know, when you treat the underlying psychiatric issue, the gaming stuff settles down. Is it different? Like there's first-person shooter games and then there's like Candy Crush, or is it all just the same? 
I don't know the answer because I'm not expert enough. I'm imagining it has to be an arousing game. But I can, no, you know what? It's probably like gambling. And, and so gambling has multiple different sort of versions, mm-hmm. too. There are people that zone out gambling. People right. that like to use the video poker machines. And uh, there's a guy, I'm blanking on his name now, University of Nevada. Oh, shoot, he's so good. I'm blanking on his name. He's going to kill me. Do you but, want me to pause so you can think mm-hmm. about it? And then it'll look like you knew it? No, I'd rather be honest and just be okay. an idiot. Okay. I'll think of it somewhere. Bo Bernhardt. Bernhard, Bo Bernhardt at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, has a casino lab. And uh, he said he's seen two people that zone out so completely doing the video game poker that they have to come to the casino in a diaper. Are you fucking serious? In a diaper. That's one version of gambling. And I've, Is I've that just start- so much dopamine that you're... They're just so, zo- they're so dissociated. So there's dissociative gambling. Are they also really old? They tend to be. Okay. But, the, but the gamers don't tend to be. There's gamers that fit similar kind of thing. Right. Uh, and then there's people that like to lose money, believe it or not. They don't feel alive unless their back is against the wall. Those are sort of debtor compulsions. There are people that like to win and manipulate, and that goes into whole alcoholic, sociopathic kind of zone. <sighs> so there's all these different kind of gambling addictions out there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just the... The options. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Good thing you're not single. Yeah. There are all those great guys. Good out thing there she left that dude. <laughs> right. The video game stuff is gross yeah. to me. Really? Do you play video games ever? No. Never. I mean, as a kid, I, I played Nintendo. I I don't get it either. I, my my sons played World of Warcraft. Uh, no, no. Uh, Call of Duty. Call of Duty. And, and I get that it's pretty intense and compelling. I, I did it for three minutes and they put it down to every lift. Well, I think we also, like, I played Nintendo as a kid. But then when, like, Sega came out, like, I kind of lost interest. And I don't think as an adult you can get back into, like, children's games unless yeah. you're already wired to do so. Yes, I agree. I remember wanting my mom to play Nintendo with me. And she didn't, like, you, you, the dexterity isn't there. You don't know what, but it's not it's interesting. It's not fun. Yeah, it's, it's not, not fun. fun. Uh, one time I got in an Uber, and the driver, the music he was playing was just the audio of people dying in, uh, what's the one you just said? First Call of Duty. Call of Duty. It was, ah! ah what? Ah! He w- had, like, all these monitors, and I was like, this is what we're hearing? Is just people fake dying? Oh, that's got to be, you were, you were on candid camera or something. Uh, Some of those were cameras, He didn't no? speak any English. Uh-oh. I filmed the whole thing. Was the driver's name Ashton Kusher? And it was exactly. Ashton yeah. He. he, he <laughs> it was. Uh. He was on candid camera because I filmed it. Anonymous. I'm 43. I'm single. Mother to an 18 year old son, 20 year old mm-hmm. daughter, and a one year old son. Okay. Oh. My older kids are both in college, and my daughter's recently told me she's transgender. I have a nephew, formerly niece, who's also transgender, and mm. I have no issues with it. However, I don't believe my daughter is transgender. I feel she is using this as a way to identify with a group. She wants me to refer to her as my son, and when referring to her, to, referring to her to my youngest, she wants me to call her brother rather than sister. I refuse to do it as it is confusing for my one-year-old. Oh. I fear I'm going to lose my daughter, but I refuse to indulge in her transgender decision. I just don't believe she is. Am I bigoted for this opinion? How should I handle this? I'm asking Eliza, even though you have no children, LOL, and yes. Oh, LOL. We're, we're going to ask. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> well, I also... The one-year-old was a surprise. And she goes, and yes, the one-year-old was a surprise. Uh, we knew that, Anonymous. Yes. I figured I was too old to get pregnant and tried to convince my doctor. I was going through early menopause, and then it was incorrect. Ha-ha. I'm going to let you answer this. Wow, ha-ha. Ha-ha on her. Um, uh, she's bigoted. Sorry, she is. Uh, you don't think a parent may— No, hold on. Okay. But, but she has her instincts about her daughter, and you certainly wouldn't deny that. Mm. I mean, she's judgmental in a sense, kind of bigoted about it. It is a new phenomenon. I understand she wouldn't be that used to it. 
I, th- I think you should respect your daughter's wishes in terms of preferred gender pronoun, but I, I completely concur with if you really don't think that you think this is a passing whatever or an incomplete sort of identification for her to go down the path of medical management and surgeries and things like that. I think I would get in the way of that if I were a parent, if I had some deep instinct that this was not going to make her happier Mm. because there's no going back from that. Yeah. And we really don't know yet. See, the whole conundrum in in treating transgenders, transgender individuals, is selecting the right patient for the right treatment. There's a lot of... Because not everybody needs the surgery. There's a lot of bad outcomes when you go too aggressively down one path or the other. Yeah. And so that would scare the hell out of me as a parent. I would have no problem using her preferred gender, his preferred gender pronoun. I don't think... I think she should be perfectly comfortable with that. That's an issue of respect. Because she doesn't have a problem with the niece or the nephew who's transgender. And I don't think your one-year-old will care. And by the way, that next generation is going to have a whole other set of whatevers. Yeah, the the one-year-old doesn't care. I don't... I mean, I don't... Personally, I don't think bigoted, but I do think moms know everything my mom's ever thought has been right. Right, which is why, which is why I would uh, just give it a beat. <laughs> well, it's why I would respect her instincts, mm-hmm. but but she's doing it in a way. Th- the fact the fact that she's refusing to comply with the wishes of this young young transgender individual, that's right. I, I bigoted maybe too small, strong a word, but that's where she's being biased, at least. Yeah, and you know what? What's it to so you? So you say he? So mm-hmm. you call her Bob? And then if she changes her mind, it's like a phase. If, if it is a phase, it's or a phase. Or it isn't, whatever. And it's it, not yeah. your business. You're, she has asked for you to do something out of respect. You should do it. And if you love her. And if she wants to. And also, people, I think people think people are going around changing their private parts in like a back alley. You have to go through, mm. like in Canada, the government will pay for surgeries after you've gone undergone psychiatric evaluation, even for bariatric surgery over yeah. there because they're paying for it. It is a long, arduous process to yeah. get for people to clear and, that. And, and I have a, a f- several transgender friends, and they, they always look at me going, like, would I go through all this? What would I go through this for? Are you kidding? Yeah. Unless this was something profoundly important to me. This is this is not what I wanted. Or this was how, not yeah. fun. Yeah. It's, uh, that, know, my it, heart it's, always breaks for them for that. I, can't, I, I know what it feels to wake up and be uncomfortable because you're like two pounds overweight. Imagine your whole life feeling like this was a mistake. This is wrong. Well, you know who said that more vividly than anybody? I heard Cher talking about Chaz Bono one time. And she, she said, oh, my God, I love being a woman so much. I could just imagine if I hated it. How horrible would that be? Ever, you look at your body, you're like, and the only ra- way to feel better is through medication, psychiatric counseling, and a surgery. Like, what a journey. Who would pick that yeah. for fun? So right. don't be an asshole, people. So that's the answer for that one. And I'm sure, and I apologize if, you know, the middle-aged white male misspoke in some way and sort of, please educate hit it me. On I, the head. I, I, I'm happy I to be educated, you- so... As a almost yeah. middle-aged white female, I don't think you misspoke. <laughs> well, it's amazing the landmines that are out there that you can miss. You know, you were very specific with your words. I watched that, and you did the best you could. And that's I did the best I could exactly. And I, and I meant everything I said. So. Of course, when you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
Plus, with Rosetta Stone's True Accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Go to bolinbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Dancing underscore gold. A lot of fans and parents reached out to Dr. Oh, okay. A lot of fans and parents reached out to Dr. Drew and Dr. Phil, I think Emily wrote this, regarding YouTuber Eugenia Cooney. What responsibility, if any, do you think YouTube had in terms of allowing Eugenia's channel to remain active while she appeared to be in crisis from an eating disorder and many young people were commenting they aspired to have her body? I thought of situations where MTV pulled people exhibiting dangerous behavior from their shows until they showed progress. YouTube is... Uh, demonetizing and banning conspiracy videos and drug harm reduction videos should they have stepped in with Eugenia? I, I don't even know how to answer that because uh, to infringe on somebody's ability to express themselves because they have a mental illness, I have a problem with that. Mm. Uh, however, the only concern I would have is, is she getting treatment or not? I don't know. what Did she, did she espouse like bad you know, manifestations of eating disorders, like, like encourage them. I don't, I, I don't, I don't either. Uh, I, I would just argue that it, I, I'm, uh, have no problem with her talking as long as she was in some kind of care. I would worry about that just generally, but what is YouTube's responsibility for that? I don't know. Yeah. It's just the platform. Yeah. I also wonder, you could say that about most ads Everything. we see. I know. Yes. What I about know. personal responsibility and what about educating? Look, there was another, this one bothers me even more. There was a vegan, a uh, young woman who had this extremely popular site who claimed she cured her cancer being Oy. a vegan. It was She died a couple a week ago, a couple days ago. Of course she died. Of course. Right. Yeah, of course. Look at Steve Jobs. Same thing. You don't think he could have thrown money at the problem if he could have. Right. Oh, of he course. Could've, he could have been cured. No problem. 
But he, oh, absolutely. Oh, I think, oh. He had neuroendocrine tumor of the pancreas. That is a surgical problem, no problem. I mean, I can't, not 100%, but very highly curable. And he went, oh, no, no, I know. I know how to cure this. Oh. I'm going to eat juices and blah, blah. Our, oh, my God. So whoever wow. let him do that, he's we were all ripped off of that man. He was ripped off of his life wow. because somebody co-signed his bullshit. Wow. Yeah, to an extent, of course, eating healthy and there's that, but you of can't fix it. Of course, it goes it. without saying, but sure. you can't wish your way out of being biological. Cancer is a terrifically complex set of illnesses, hundreds of them. And to say you're going to fix all hundreds with one little adjustment in your diet, oh, come on. Have you ever heard of John of God? I have. I can't remember what that is, it's, though. He's like a, it's in Brazil. Yeah. He's a healer. Oh, yeah. And people Somebody pay told a lot. They, yep. You know, so, like, I guess my question is, you know, the mind and the body are so connected. How much of it is mental and then how much of it is medical? Uh, in Andy Kaufman of, died of this. It, it depends what kind. I mean, there many, many, many hundreds of kinds. Okay, if you have a, you know, osteosarcoma, I don't think there's much interaction. It's, it's mm -hmm. a non-vascular, non-nerve, innervated part of your body. So how's your, body, how's your brain going to get into that part? Uh, and, you know, and we're being shot through with things from the Big Bang all the time. They can knock pieces of our DNA off. So, of course, replication errors occur. Uh, I would say, though, that in terms of initiation of cancer, we don't know the full effect of—let of. of uh, let me just argue this point, that there's a deep relationship between the, the, the central nervous system, the brain tissue, the spinal cord, the nerves that, that move out into your body, and the, and the immunological system. The, these are they come from the same chiropractors cells. say this they come from the same cells during development they mm -hmm. communicate with each other they communicate by similar means and so it does make sense to me that if you're super stressed you may not see cancers happen in our body all the time and normally our immune system just takes them out uh -huh. and if you're super stressed or there's something wrong with the efficiency of your immune system I could mm -hmm. see how that could add to the, the initiation of cancer once yeah. you have it though mm -mm. because a lot of like my grandma I think she died of stomach cancer. And, you know, Oof. it's like because, you know, Italians call it agita. Jews call it surus. <laughs> and these things do add stress. You can feel it, the manifestation. I've got it in my shoulder now. My meat dream didn't help. If anybody Your heard the last meat podcast. meat dream, yeah. yeah what I was ate, that? I was going to save this for you, but then I did it on the last episode. Don't you think that eating meat late at night will give you bad dreams? It, it makes me weirdly have sort of sweats. It makes Meat me sweat. Yeah. And then so if if that's the case, then I also am not comfortable and then that gives me bad dreams. Okay. It gives me crazy dreams of melatonin. Oh, I but take melatonin every day. I do too, but because I do, but I kinda like them. They they're always crazy, but I like them. They're kind of fun. You know what gave me the craziest dreams when I there's some countries where you have to get uh Larium for uh, malaria. malaria. You have to take yeah. these special well, pills. Malarium is psychoactive. I mean, and it was because yeah. <laughs> I would have the we'd call them like larium naps, and you were just like off to the races. You know, like twenty, because I was taking it on semester at sea for whatever dosage to get to whatever country maybe had it, and you'd have these like trippy, shroomy dreams. Don't mind that. But people can get psychotic on it, so sure, you're having those waking dreams. <laughs> okay, so we don't want that. You're out of your mind. But yeah. I ate some meat, and the dream it shook me so to my core that all day I felt unsafe and I think I might stop eating meat because I think that meat was so scared when it died that that energy talking about law of conservation of energy that energy can't it went into me and that uh, that cow was so scared and I felt so bad all day cat you ate cat cow cow I ate a cat <laughs> is that weird uh I I am a no carb no uh starch guy yeah I'm everything else right now it's so I, it's, but oh you eat my. the sugar 
Like, no, no, I don't. I, I, I avoid all starch sugar, and it's been such a deal for me. It's really helped. It's so hard. I'm doing it now. It, it's not. It's not hard. My problem is I overeat protein. Yeah, uh, I'll eat a lot of nuts and stuff like that. But I've just found a good Onnit product that helps me. Really, a couple of them. They got a couple of good ones. Yeah, I did the ketogenic diet yeah. last year. Yeah, and that was fine. Life is borderline joyless. You're, you're, sugar. I mean. You're not in the right age group yet. I, I, I have to really, like, I'm fighting father time. I'm fighting the biology. And I've noticed that this, you know, the sort of central obesity that people talk about where your fat is distributed up the middle, I am I have a tendency toward that. Mm. And that's an inflammatory organ. Oh. And if you can get rid of that, you really can help your health. And I have found that the keto and carnivore yeah. and all stuff really helps with that in a way that nothing else has is helped Is it sustainable? Me. I've been on it for like a year. And you don't have high cholesterol? Lowest I've ever had. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a guy named Feldman out there that's studying all this stuff and trying to figure out why this is Corey happening. Corey Feldman. No, not Corey. That's yeah, 100%. I'm pretty sure I checked my facts. Corey. A friend of mine's doing a documentary on Corey. It's quite interesting. I saw him live. How was it? Uh, Sweet, a little heartbreaking, but he seems like not a bad person. He is not. And he's you can tell nice, he has nice well-meaning intentions. Yes. So I, he's a little messed up as anyone would be living in Hollywood. Yes. But there's a purity to him that I see. So you kind of don't want to make fun because you're like, he's not hurting anyone. No, he's not. He so, means well. Yeah, it's not. he's not an asshole. Mm-mm. That's what I would say to him. <laughs> Anonymous. Hey, get him in here. Right, let's Poke get at him. Emily, he'll, he'll come. call him up because I'm saying nice things about him. Uh, Anonymous. Hi, Eliza. Question for Ask Eliza Anything. I was friends on Facebook with a girl from high school who I think shares similar political views to me. She recently posted an article about New York's abortion laws that contained a very mis- that contained very misleading information. Mm. I commented what I thought was concise, objective response just to point out that the article came from a right-wing news source and was skewing some of the facts. After, she blocked me on Facebook and Instagram. I hate that. I DM'd her to apologize if I upset her, and it wasn't my intention, but she said that she would have privately messaged the person. Am I in the wrong for publicly calling her out on her on her public misleading post, or should I have messaged her directly so she could take down the post quietly? No, I think having a response publicly is fine, as long as you weren't aggressive. I think the, the public discourse is so bad. How, what do you think about it? I mean, I, I don't know what... I'm upset about it all the time. It's... Okay, so I post not a lot, because I don't want to inundate people, but I'll post things about the environment, little things you can do, because yeah. it's such a an, an ongoing education, mm-hmm. and... I will say one thing and people will be like, well, but this product you're using, this also poisons the ocean. Mm. And I'm like, so therefore, since we can't do everything, we should do nothing. You're a nihilist. You're a piece of shit. She posted on a public platform. I do think a lot of times people like to point out things as a way of taking you down a peg. It's malignant envy. Yeah. It's all malignant envy. And and you're absolutely correct. And so you said you you're thinking a lot about narcissism these days. That's what this all is about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this narcissistic turn. I, I got to tell you, when I first worked, you know, we mentioned at the beginning of our conversation about the psychiatric hospital in the 80s when I was there. And when I first got there, there was uh, there's, there's a form back in the day it was, it would, you, that the psychiatrist would fill out, the attending doctor. You know, I think called the AXIS form. The Axis 1 was all the major psychiatric illnesses, mood disturbances, bipolar, that kind of stuff. Axis 2 was the personality disorders. And we still, there was an attempt to get rid of that. We still kind of do that. And Axis 2 has different groupings of personality disorders. But when I first got to the psychiatric hospital in 84, 85, there was all kinds of different personality disorders. Dependent disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, paranoid disorder. Epstein-Barr. No, 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 personality disorder. <laughs> okay, I don't know. It's just like an uh, 80s it, thing. No, yeah, well, they, I saw... I saw tons of that, of psychiatrists <laughs> insisting that they were treating some chronic viral illness when they were treating 
essentially what was fibromyalgia. <laughs> and they would give them magnesium infusions and iron. It was the craziest thing I yeah. ever saw. That that was psychiatrists trying to be – that's like primary care guys trying to be psychiatrists. Was is not a good thing. Right. Uh, but point is – that as the 80s, I noticed as the 80s concluded, all the different kinds of personality disorders started to distill down to essentially three. And by the 90s, you never saw anything else hmm. except borderline, narcissist, and sociopath. That's it. Wow. Everybody. And that's the narcissistic turn. And and I would argue we've all got some of the residual of all that. Yeah. That we all have narcissistic features. And the place we acted out is in the new public square, which is social media. Absolutely. And, you know, the you know the Europeans made their public square small on purpose so people couldn't congregate. Now we've given people the biggest possible meeting place on earth, yeah. sort of inf- infinitely large. And they're surprised during this, this sort of pandemic of narcissism that they're gathering and acting out as a mob. Shocking. Shocking. And there's no quelling that mob. But with feminism and with women, you know, so often you post things and I feel other women are like, but you said this one thing one time, therefore. And I'm like, so therefore my entire character goes out the window because you're hoping to knock me off this pedestal that you perceive me to be on. And we will then uphold you as the queen. I don't always feel the intention is, hey, I just wanted to say that I read this and I don't necessarily disagree. I understand that I pose something publicly. I think it always comes back to intention. So I don't know how she framed that. Uh, op- opposing view to her friend. Uh, your friend's obviously a crazy person, but I also don't know if you were like a uh, pitchfork, hellfire and brimstone coming at her. I- exactly. That, so whether if she was aggressive in the in the post, then people respond emotionally and kind. Because I right? do find people, when you write something from a good place, Thoughtful. people tend to be like, you know what, I didn't think of that, thanks. Oh, I have a daily radio show, and, and the call-ins go from ridiculous, crazy, not even making sense, just pure emotion, mm-hmm. to people who come, come with really thoughtful ideas. I'm like, well, thank you. thank. I, of course I want thoughtful discourse. We it's just a discussion. Lost track that. We, when it comes to race relations or LGBTQ issues, anyone informing anyone, religion, whatever, if you come at me yelling and angry, even if you're right, I'm probably going to want to close off. Mm-hmm. But if you come to me with... Quite, like calmly, and I understand people are fed up with stuff, I will absorb that information all day. Absolutely. But when you're acting out malignant envy, which is what most people are doing, malignant envy. envy is about knocking people down. Spe- and it's a very serious That's liability of narcissism. Speaking of what? Malignant envy. I was just going to tie it into a next question. A guy named Robert Greene wrote a book called The uh, Laws of Human Nature, and he talks a lot about that there. It's good. Write it down, Emily. Yeah. I'm going to be the girl that read that book. Or you can interview him. He'd come in. Okay. It's really hard to get people to come in here. Really? I don't know. It's just like it's a whole thing. I don't it's go on anyone's podcast. Thing. No, we turn a lot of people away. <laughs> They're at the yeah, doors. Do. I noticed there was a line downstairs. I figured I didn't know it was for you. But. Please. <laughs> Lacey Huevos, I work in a very male-dominated workplace, and since I've started two years ago, I feel like I have made many friends. This is great, but I am a married woman getting messages by three to four different male coworkers that vary from friendly hello to, all right, that's inappropriate. I feel like my friendliness with these coworkers gets mistaken for, for flirtation. Right. I feel like you're right. Yes. I make a point to talk about my husband often around the workplace, but some of these guys are incessant. How should I proceed? Uh, well, let's you and I work on this one together because this is really interesting. Mm. I, I was talking to somebody else. I can't remember who the other day, and she was talking about her coworkers, and she goes, they talk about sex a lot, the males. They just talk about it all the time. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all they're thinking about. All the time. True. And if you give them any sort of a foot in the door, 
Even just smiling. <laughs> it's I'm, true. If, if you're not really firm. Now, if you want that. See, women sometimes kind of like the back and forth. Mm-hmm. And men are very poor at gauging where the boundaries are for the for the flirtation. Yeah. Even with the Me Too movement and the workplace and everything, they, they, get, they just so easily just roll on down the hill where they're starting to talk about stuff that n- no. And, and it's really, I'm sorry. <sighs> you, you either stop it at the foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Or you have to get prepared to sort of tell them where your boundary is. And yeah, they, listen, which is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. They're fine. They're big boys. They know. Also, like, they know. get over it. They'll they, be fine. They, they know. They know they're 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 trying pulling something. Well, I think also what she is suffering from as women, we are put upon that we need to consider other people's feelings. They're not considering yours when they make no. a dick joke. No. That's right. And it's hard to deprogram because we want, you know, we want to be liked. We don't want to get in trouble. We don't make it weird. I, I get that. And, and and you can still, believe me, you can do that and not have to tolerate all this BS. You just got, it's very simple. All you have to say is, I will never and I have never cheated on my husband. So I don't know what, why we're going down this path. Well, then he'll be like, you're an ugly bitch anyway. I didn't want you in the first place. Well, if, if that's the guy, well, right. why are you talking to him? Well, that's my other thing is I don't, we don't have the context. I don't know what kind of work this is. Right. Part of it's me is like, club. why? Anyway, yeah. Part of me is like, why do you have, why do they have your number? Is yeah. it a group project? Yes, I why work, do they have your number? It's a good good question. That's another boundary issue, right? You know, and so I don't know what kind of job yep. it is. But then I think of all the lovely men in my life, like Scott, our sound engineer, would never say something. He just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Most, my my male friends wouldn't, we don't make jokes like that. They might with their other guy friends, but there are so many men that just don't do that. Or, or, or if they do it, they sort of intuitively understand the boundaries around it. Right. Yeah, or specifically with me, yeah. I do believe you teach people how to treat you, and I do believe you've just got to not give a fuck if it offends them back that you're like, that's disgusting. I'm it, not into uh, that. Yeah, that would be ideal. I, unfortunately, as you pointed out, most women do a lot of inventory of themselves, yeah. and I don't want to hurt their feelings, and a uh, poor, poor guy. Protect yourself. It's all right. Also, it's okay. you know what is a great power move? Don't write back. Yeah, you don't have to. I had this happen once with a comic who, oh my God, I don't remember what I did. I went out. Like to the mo- I went out with a male comic friend or something, and this comic, who I was friendly with, had never been attracted to him or anything. I'm friends with a lot of men, so it doesn't occur to me like, oh, but I'm sure it did to him. They they all are thinking something, and maybe they, they have to shut it down. And they do, and yeah. so this so I went out with a friend, and he sent me a text, and he was like, "So when are we gonna go out?" And I chose to ignore it, hoping that if I did, he would get the message, and he. 24 hours later was like, hello, are you going to answer me? Oh. And I said, oh, we're not going to, and I'm not going to, like, cradle your ego. And then he went into, he was like, I was just joking. Why would you think that? And I was like, cool, we're done here then. And I even, years later, tried to be like, hey, man, water under the bridge. He's like, but I did nothing wrong. I'm like, go fuck yourself. I work, you don't. We're done here. (laughs) So it is that male ego is. It's very fragile. It's very fragile. I say just don't text back. I think that's fine, but you may they may keep going to a point, but catch the screen grabs if they get into inappropriate places. I mean— I don't know why you're texting them anyway. I, I agree with What's you. What's there to be said off work hours unless it's like a team thing and you're traveling? So you have clear boundaries right now. You're, you're, you're talking about how you should be—people can misinterpret other things. Well, that's because I work with animals. Like male comics are animals yeah. with yeah. fourth fourth-grade brains, so yeah. I'm very yeah. cold. And, and by the way, no different than most men. That, 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 so you just describe most men. And, and I, yeah. with peace and love, I say that. Yeah. I, I really do. I guess I just know my type of animal. And I'm never rude, but I always answer uh, male comics the way that I feel male comics who 
think they're more successful than me would answer me on text. K, thanks, THX. I give them back the lack of consideration that they give me just to keep an even playing field. But I will always be courteous. Hey, responding is a lot. It is. And then they're like, thank you so much for writing back. I'm like, NP. (laughs) Which is like, I'm not a... I'm not an abbreviation kind of girl. All right. Here's here's a, a an in-depth one. Brittany Priest, P-R-I-E-S-S. I take several supplements as preventative health care. My chiropractor used muscle testing, which sounds like Scientology to me. Right. My chiropractor used muscle testing to advise which supplements to get. I have oh two boy. questions. One, do you think this is voodoo and I wasted my money? Two, if my body tends to respond better to plant-based supplements, is it a sign I should go vegetarian? If Ooh. this is a young, healthy adult, she does not need supplements. There you go. Period. Yeah, her name's Brittany, eat, so she's young. Yeah, eat <laughs> properly, balanced diet. I they, think it's bullshit, too. We, human, adult, hum, young, youthful, otherwise healthy adults do not need supplements. Yeah. They need to eat right. Although, Emily, what did your doctor say about your face? Get in the mic. Not my face, but I need vitamin D. Well, look at well, her, vitamin D, obviously. Vitamin D is a little different. Okay. Vit- vitamin D, I would not call that a supplement. I'd call that a treatment. Did you ever call yourself vitamin D when you were in school? No. <laughs> if I had you around, I would have. Vitamin but, D. But, uh, but uh, if you're deficient in vitamin D, and again, we've been studying that a lot, and lately they've been noticing that we probably are making too much of the vitamin D thing mm. and just a little bit of sunlight. Emily, LA, come in we'll here. Do the thing. I'm going to show them your blue hands. She's blue hands. Come uh, here. Let me see. Let me come see. on, let see your blue hands. Let's see Let your a veins. real doctor. They might not be blue now, but they were blue the other day. Isn't she? Oh, you're touching. I wouldn't touch her. Yeah. Do you, see? your hands get blue when you put them in the refrigerator, like in the like cold? Uh, you ever notice that? No. Or white? Do they ever turn white? Have you ever seen a doctor? Yeah, I have okay. a nurse practitioner. Okay. Okay, because there's something called Raynaud's phenomenon that can turn people's hands colors like that. And it's and not from she, her gen- from her denim. You're looking at the blue here? Yeah. Yeah, that's just veins. And here? Okay, that's a lot of veins. That's yeah. like, but she, but would she's, you, very, she's a very light-skinned individual. Would you concur that she has more veins than the average bear? Uh, <laughs> they're more, vi- the, the, the hue is more visible. Are I you going to sue me? Because I'm your veins. You're uh, vascular. Yeah, the the, the more vis- the blue is more, the hue is more visible because of the light 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 skin. What's okay. your ethnicity? What? Don't What's your ethnicity? Don't where, where, where are your ancestors? Very, what, like Scotland. Scott, that's what I figured. But she looks I'm, Scottish. So. I'm the palest person I no, know. No, no, she's paler. I'm like yellow. She's paler. Yeah, you're a different hue. It's different. Okay, yeah. fine. I she guess is you're fine. White. <laughs> you are white. Yeah. I'm very white, and I'm healthy. Great. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you may have Raynos. We'll see. You might have terminal Raynos syndrome okay because i was looking at her hands and i was like something's wrong because i'm pretty fair-skinned but next to her I it's look so like funny how Brazilian i, I, I would describe you as a light white-skinned person but but you're she's you're not white for her. that's why i keep her she, around so i'm like okay in a dress i'm like my legs aren't that white sorry emily baby soft skin she's like it's okay she does have baby soft skin she just put up a little blue thumb to give me a thumbs up <laughs> we'll do one more she does a very soft skin yep. it's weird I'm married to a man with severe depression and PTSD. Oh, oh boy. He's a veteran, and his depression is so oh. bad now that he's been going, he hasn't been going to work. Mm. My income will not keep us afloat, and he refuses to get help. We've only been married a year, and while I've known about his depression, oh. it's now caused a huge issue in our marriage. If he keeps calling into work, he'll get fired. If he gets fired, we'll lose everything. Okay. I work and I go to school, and there's nothing more I can contribute. If be- I'm beginning to despise him as oh. I'm bearing the weight of everything. So she's resenting him. How do I help? him help himself this last part this is my second marriage and i don't want to leave but i can't imagine going any longer like this am i the problem 
I'm starting to You're feel like I'm going problem. crazy. You're uh, not the problem, but it, he and and we thank him for what he's been through to, on all of our behalf. But no. he he needs to get treatment, and this is the real conundrum with these guys: mm. is they they resist going in for two reasons. One, there's that machismo thing, like you know, you just just gut it out. And the other thing is, I, I, on some level, they're fearful they're going to have to revivify their traumas, oh. which they don't. That's not yeah. not not. In, I mean, if they need to, they might be asked to do some of that. But for the most part, it's about just connecting with guys in a group that can relate. That can relate. Yeah, that understand because that's part of the disconnect. People when they come back from those intense experiences, they feel like no one can. You, this doesn't matter anymore. But those guys get it. And then proper therapy. There's, there's trauma therapies, there's pharmacotherapies, there's even MDMA. There's all kinds of stuff. And the VA has it now. So please go. Let me take it a step further. And I know this just from someone I know. Uh, sometimes there is a fear. It's not the machismo thing for some guys as much as they're afraid if they work with the military still that they'll lose their clearance. If you're working at a yeah, super high level. Too. I've heard that too. They Which get, is insane. Yeah. They, they, if they start talking about their suicidal thinking or something. Or if they have to get a medication, yeah. then they won't yeah. have X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. I, your guy doesn't seem like he has that kind of job. Yeah. But there is that. And a lot of them get drug tested. So, you know, you can't do. So there's all these roadblocks put there. Yep. Which is, which uh, at its core is just the machismo thing again. Mm-hmm. Really. It's like, and, and, and I get it. And it's a cultural thing. I, I understand. But that I don't run into nearly as often as just guys resistant to treatment. People just don't want to go therapy. Go. And it's it you must you've been your brain has been injured. You've been through an experience that is shatters the upper limits of the brain's regulatory capacity. Yeah. And it leaves an effect on your body and your brain and that effect has a treatment. Do you think Please she should give take, him an ultimatum? I would. I uh I'd be like, I'm taking the cats and I'm going. Yeah, I, I if she, it, it might work. I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't try that alone if she had some sort of support system that she could rely on. So she doesn't do it out of resentment and anger. She does it out of love. Like an and, intervention. Yeah, and, and if she can get him into treatment, help him get to treatment. I mean, that's the key here. Last question on the way out. Uh-oh. Because, I mean, I could do this all day, but I think we're going to, like, rent the studio for, like, an hour. Oh, sorry. Also, people, like, for whatever to stop listening after an hour. Kylie cat. She just says, no punctuation. It's not an interrogative statement, although it is. <laughs> Most intense or unusual patient situation or experience. Oh, I, mean, I know. It's like, what's your favorite movie? Like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I was so many of those. Can you give us a good one? Uh, there was a, we always, Adam and I always look back on this one caller on Loveline who uh, called in one day and said, uh, you know, you guys are supposed to be open-minded here, and I just want to understand, I don't get it, why people freak out when they hear about my relationship. I have a monogamous, loving relationship. Uh, what's the big deal? And went on to describe that the relationship with, with was with his Akita Kali mix, Brutus. And he was Beautiful having dog. sex with sex with Brutus. Well, more accurately, Brutus was having sex with him. Whoa. Yeah. And we were like a little flipped out, but we were, you know, interested, intrigued. And I he taught us a little bit about a whole sort of world of zoophiliacs and things. It was kind of crazy. Is it uh, only the dog of, has sex with him, not the other way? Correct. And, and at least abusive. that's what he said. Right. And it was it was sort of a world where the only common thread I could find amongst the people that were in that world was severe deprived deprivation in early childhood. Like, you know, never touched kind of thing by humans, like early, early. Which, which is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he, our our staff freaked out. Our staff was like, God, this guy should be burning in hell. Right. We can't stand him. Get him off the air. And Adam finally, now, this is Adam talking, not me. Adam finally looked at our staff and went, hey, 
every night on this show, you hear people who have been abusing children, who were mm-hmm. abused, who were beaten, and sexually, all this stuff. You hear all this horrible stuff of human beings. This is where you have the big reaction. Yes, this is not good. Yes, he's abusive. But after all, this is Adam. Adam says, would you rather be Brutus or would you rather be pulling a sled in the Iditarod? Oh. Which would you rather be? Which would, oh. which, which, who's getting abused more? Well, California's a very warm climate. I feel like they're uncomfortable here. My, as a comic, my take is at least the dog's doing the fucking. The other way, <laughs> right. it's I, abuse. The dog's yeah, having a great time. It, it, we we went through those steps, okay. too, yes. But our staff would have nothing to do with it. No, no, abuse, abuse. Oh, abuse. man. Yeah. Well, there's your answer, pr- pr- princess, whatever it was. I, Dr. Drew, I think it's time for Top of the Cob. Okay. Cue the song. At once. At once. It's the Top of the Cob. You're doing it right every day. You just take a bite, top of the cob. I, I want to bring back at once. At once. <laughs> that's, that's Host great... Uh Why don't you start? You're the guest. Why don't you give us your top of the cob? I I, 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 I hate deception. I hate lying. No, this is your top of the cob. This is a good thing. Oh, good thing. I <laughs> uh, love Laguna Beach. That's This is it from a doctor? This is, I thought I was waiting for. Like something pithy? Wait, oh, no, you don't have to be pithy. Laguna Beach? Yeah. Why? I'll be pithy. Do you live in Laguna Beach? I do have a place down there. I, listen, okay. I miss it right now. I think that's why I'm thinking about it. What separates but, Laguna Beach from the other beaches? Uh, go down there. You'll see. Okay. It's just like cool coves. I'm probably never. It's so far. It's a tower. <laughs> Where'd you grow up? Dallas. Oh. It's farther. I'll give you that. Um, you, well, you probably have a really nice car, so the drive is like, oh, what an experience. I find that. Driving is always bad. That's I fair. can't wait till Uber gets in the air here. I'm going to be the first guy to climb on one of those things. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm in. My manager has a what is it, Tesla, and the other day we were in the car together. We're driving to Brea, which is always a treat. Brea is uh, three quarters of the way to Laguna. I was going for work. I'm I wasn't saying, going for keep lounging. Keep going. Just go down. It was far. Uh, and I was like, I want to show you something. And I hand her my phone, expecting her to kind of multitask. She goes, okay, presses a button, car drove itself. Oh, and yeah, she yeah. just read. Oh. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is what we're trusting? The robots? All right, so your top is Laguna Beach. Well, I, I could th- I have other tops. I could think. I Maybe like, one more top. Uh, F- Frederick Douglass. Okay. I'm reading his biography lately. Okay. I'm just totally preoccupied with him. Yeah. Give us one reason he's your top of the cup. Uh, because and tell people who Frederick Douglass is. Frederick Douglass is a famous African-American abolitionist, former slave who, who has an incredible story. I, he... Reading his biography, I always knew, already knew the horror of the post-Civil War mess, but I didn't realize exactly the way abolitionism worked in the pre-Civil War era and, 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 and what he had to put up with, not just as a slave, but as an abolitionist. Wow, okay. Yeah. That's a great one. It's way better than Laguna Beach. i got to yeah, be okay, honest. Good. Way All more right. academic. All right, fair enough. My top of the cob uh, is when I'm so preoccupied that I daydream through an entire workout. I was so, I did Pilates today, and it was a nice class, and I just kept thinking about scenarios and things and, like, articles that I would say in a debate with someone that I'm angry with right now. And I, like, lifted my head up, and it was like, and thank you so much for coming to class. That sounds awesome. It was great. I wish I wasn't angry at this person, but that <laughs> fueled me. Uh, I have I've a structured argument. I'm going to pull facts. Oh, I can't wait. <sighs> Should have run it by you, but then this person might hear it. Bottom of the cob. This person. This person's not listening, though. Yeah. What's your bottom of the cob? Uh, I, deception, liars. I can't stand it. I just can't stand it. Yeah. I can't stand this. I can't stand it. It just drives me out of my mind lately. I don't know why. Lately, I know I've been why. Very bothered, but no. I mean, normally it's like okay. I'm, I mean, my patients lie to me all the time, mm-hmm. and I've learned to sort of know the difference. But I, I guess unwillingness to be truthful is more more accurate. People that consistently lie to themselves, in particular, yeah, where they compartmentalize me. and then they convince themselves things aren't so. And but at least you can spot it. 
Yeah. As a smart person and as a doctor versus like, oh, I guess. Well, I, I spot it because I deal with drug addicts for all these years and yeah. everything was lying all the time. And so I just, A, assume I'm being lied to. But but I could get, even I get addicts to kind of come along. But there's some people that just, hmm, won't. They're so in, ensconced in self-denial. And shame. And shame. Yeah. Let's not forget the power of shame. Yeah. My bottom of the cob, and I wrote this one specifically for you. Oh. The amount of people who use the term sociopath. Ooh. Somebody said that to me recently. They called me a sociopath. And I was like, oh, that's adorable that you read a book or didn't. It's something that girls, like young girls, love. She's a sociopath. I'm like, you don't know what a real sociopath. You will know when they're strangling you. <laughs> or, or when you date them, which yeah. you will do. People uh, do it. People say sociopath as if they have any knowledge of any sort of psychological. Just because you took like a class your freshman year. You don't get to diagnose a sociopath. Let me be 100% clear. Eliza Schlesinger is not a sociopath. That's the nicest thing anyone said all year. Dr. Drew, I'm going to plug your stuff because it's it's classier when I do it. Twitter, at Dr. Drew. Instagram, Dr. Drew Pinsky, P-I-N-S-K-Y, but everybody knows that. The website is drdrew.com. That's where everything lives. Yes. And he has a new radio show. It's a YouTube Sorry, page YouTube and a page. podcast. YouTube Dr. Page. Drew After Dark. It's with comedian, different comedian every week. I, the one that's up presently is with Tom Segura. Oh. But but it's his platform. It's his platform. So it's your mom's house and they send me their videos and I evaluate them with other comedians. I love that. Okay. Then I will. I would love to come on that show. All right. It's, it's pretty intense. Dr. Drew, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for validating everything that I felt today. You're my favorite. Thank you. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.